Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Well met, fellow adventurers. We're going to go back to Sir Croakington. And we have, have more tasks from the Thane. So that's in the eastern part of Trithic. Visiting him. Ventures for this location. The Bog Giant. Thane Pollen's voice lowers. His tone becomes grim. And his smile fades as he relates to you an unsettling bit of news out. The nearby village of Tufflestock. Start the adventure. Bark on this adventure. Thane's, oh, we've just said that. <laughs> you learn over the past few days, word has reached the Thane, about several sightings of a bog giant at the edge of the swamp, just to the east of the village. Two days ago, he told you he dispatched a man in, the, in his service by the name of Piwid to Duffelstock to investigate the possibility that a giant might indeed be lurking nearby. Thane Poen tells you the Piwid. Now... Growing with age, was once a border wager and is still a remarkably skilled swordsman and a man of unquestionable bravery and loyalty. Puin sent word, word late yesterday, he has seen the creature himself, says the Thane, rising from his chair by the fire and strolling over to the cluttered table on the far side of the chamber. He retrieves an ancient looking scroll and carefully spreads it out on the table. What do you know of this symbol, Sir Grogington? Peering down at the unfurled length of parchment, your eyes fall upon the only marking on the wrinkled, time-weathered sheet. A small, black, tear-shaped mark. It is unmistakable and fear-inspiring symbol. The oxygen tear. Mark of the demon itself. And what is an oxygen tear? The oxygen tear is the name given to a solid, black, Tear-shaped symbol is said to be the mark of Ichthion. The tear is a symbol that invokes, invokes a sense of revulsion and fear by nearly all who see it. The symbol derives its name from the Neville realm of Oxus, where it is believed Ichthion resides. While scholars and sages have long argued over the exact symbolism of the tear, it is generally accepted that the mark is a symbol that represents the anguish, sorrow and suffering of all those who fall beneath the demon's claws. And of course, the demon is Ichthion. Ichthion is the name of a powerful demon lord from the level realm of Oxus. Swift's second age was named after the demon lord, the Age of Ichthion. It was marked by Ichthion's attempt to invade and conquer the world. He's the bad guy. Well, well, there's many bad guys. He's the worst guy. Although I don't know how he compares to Zafiruk Time Mender. <laughs> Ichthion is said to be one of seven great demon lords of Oxus. 
anyway, we've, we've read about that guy before. <laughs> yeah, some episode, I don't know which one. Oh, you could just, there was a link to a thing there, but I don't want to read that right now. Theory's message said the ba backs of both the bog giant's hands, backs of both of the bog giant's hands were emblazoned with this mark, he says, moving his hands from a parchment, allowing it to curl at the ends. This cast a broader, more sinister shadow of an already dangerous set of circumstances. It also forces us to deal with a matter less openly than we otherwise might. Simple, good folk are willing to accept a way a giant might be moving about a nearby swamp. They will not, however, react quite so rationally to the idea that an emissary of the demon itself has arrived at their doorstep. Thane sighs and picks up the scroll. He unfurls it and again studies the symbol that stares back at him from the centre of the sheet. The finer details of this matter must not be made known to anyone. Not just yet. And particularly not to the good people of Tothelstock. If there's anyone left. <laughs> I suppose it should. shouldn't really surprise either of us, he says. Casting the scroll down onto the table, he begins to pace in front of the fire. The wickedness of this age will no doubt come swift upon us. We have never been led to believe otherwise. While the cow in the simple sit idly by, through, all but woking the age with open arms and a salute of horns, there are still at least... Those of us willing to stand in the path of the old prophecies. Or what good may come of stubborn defiance. Thane Bowen turns to face you and smirks. I never want caught short for words, he says, smiling. More often I speak to gather my thoughts than to thrust them on others. Nevertheless, if what Pyrrhid relates to me from Tufflestock is true, and I fear the danger is even greater than I had imagined. And I sent him there to investigate. He will need assistance of one accustomed to these things. He will need you, Sir Crokington. The Thane walks over and places his hand on, on your back and asks if you will travel to the village of Tufflestock and investigate the sightings of the marked bog giant. Of course I accept. Thane Pollen meets you in a shoulder cross and tells you he's no doubt you would be eager to accept the mission. Arrange for a coach to bear you to Tottlestock, he says. He waits for you at the key gates. The Thane tells you that upon your arrival in the village, you should attempt to locate his agent, the former border ranger named Pruid. I dare say it shouldn't, shouldn't be hard to find him in a place as small as Tottlestock, he says. He will be glad to see you, no doubt. If you're hard-pressed to find any sign of the giant, he might step into the sour moon. They say they have an air there that's quite beyond the measure of most, or so I fondly recall. As you're about to leave the chamber and make your way to the waiting coach, the Thane wishes you luck and tells you to take care. I need not tell you to be cautious, he says, his tone gravely cautious. This has all the markings of business that are rather we didn't find ourselves in the midst of. Yet here we are, all the same. 
If you can confirm what period and the others have seen, send back word to me, and I'll take any necessary measures. But the old file will watch over you, Sir Crookington. The gates of Trinde Keep, you find the coach waiting. The driver leaps down and opens the door, ushering into the sparse but clean interior of the carriage. You just hold in right there, he tells you, as he climbs back into the seat in front of the wagon. We'll be up. We'll be up about the old village before you know it. The first leg of the relatively short journey to the stock proceeds without incident. The coach rumbles along the roads outside Trithick, slowly making its way east into the more into the, into the more desolate country that surrounds the village. Despite a gnawing sense of urgency and the anticipation of what might await you in the village, you're just about to send you to a few moments of precious sleep before your arrival when you suddenly feel the wagon begin to slow. You next hear the voice of the driver coupled with that of another man and you promptly peer out of the window to see what's going on. Stopped alongside the wagon, directly across from the driver on the opposite side of the road, sits a lone man on a chestnut seed. The man's garb quickly identifies him as a boardwager. Oh, phew! I mean, there's a border ranger around, then we've, we've got aid. You immediately eager to see if he bears any news regarding the events in Chothelstock. But there's a check now. What could that mean? Picking a number. Bonus of 64. 7 from Luck. 20 from Aura. 17 from Feathery. Picking. 163. Your eyes suddenly fall upon something on the wainger's horse that sends your pulse racing. Just above the creature's white foreleg is a dark mark. Bat mark. Dark. It's a small dark marking in the shape of a tear, much like the one you saw on Thane Poe's scroll. This unmistakable symbol. The Oxian tear! Wait, what? Evil horse? Without warning. The horse wears up and the ranger vanishes. A horrifying transformation comes over the chestnut seed. I guess the ranger was some sort of illusion. Before your eyes. The sturdy horse transforms into an amorphous yellow creature of slime. Out of the mist of the putrid, jelly-like slime emerge six long, flailing tentacles. A hideous, gurgling sound rises into the air. The slimy beast shoots out three of its deadly tentacles, striking both horses and the coach driver. The horses thrash about wildly before collapsing. Driver cop topples from his wooden bench and lands face first on the ground. Even the horses, nor the driver, move again. Oh, too, I can't even do anything! Okay. I can run. But now I know, I'm not going to do that. Now I know there's something going on here. Something possibly even worse than what we expected. I mean, there's a giant... And at least one slime. I don't know what else. So I can I can attack it, but I can use archery first. So I'll do that. Success. Eight XP to archery. You notch and fire two arrows in rapid succession. Both shafts sink into the slimy torso of the tentacled tentacled creatures. 
identical creature. Creature. I don't think that. I don't think it's a plural. Although, slimes. Slimes be weird. So maybe it is a plural, even though it's one thing. But have no discernible effect on the beast. Attack or flee. Attack the tempered tentacled slime creature. You leap forward and attack the slime creature, narrowly dodging two of its tentacles as they shoot past within inches of your torso. It's a tentacled slime beast. Begin combat. Just gonna jump right into it and just slice it up from the inside. And of course, as a toad, I'm quite used to slimes. And sliminess. Begin combat. The stab, I stab the tentacled slime beast strikes at you with its oozing tentacles. Pain whacks your body as the venom of your enemy courses through your veins. And I don't even have that many veins. Ten damage. Alright. Stabity, stab. Oh, venom again. Sixteen damage. Keep going, keep going. Oh, venom again for five damage. Good job I have more than 300 health. It is slain. Six XP. The quivering mound of slime that serves as the torso of the tentacled beast shudders violently as the terrifying creature expires. You watch in revulsion as the beast's body rapidly dissolves into a thin puddle of yellow ooze. And stay like that, okay? The coach, driver, and the two horses are dead. Deep, red gashes whittle their torsos. Evidence with of their fatal encounter with the deadly tentacles of the slime beast. Oh, if I had been paying attention, could I have saved them? Who knows? Who knows? I will never know. And that will probably haunt Sir Crokington for the rest of her life. You place the driver inside the coach and fold his arms over his chest. So saying a quick prayer over prayer over him, you take one last look around before promptly setting off on your way. Now more eager than ever to reach Tottlescock, I guess I had to use a bit of the old telekinesis for that. And I just have. <laughs> As you continue along the road to the east, bound for Tufflestock, the encounter with the tentacle slime creature plagues your thoughts. You find it inconceivable this incident and the sightings of the bog giants are random, separate events. And that leads, leads you to believe you may be walking to more immediate peril, small village than you at first anticipated. As the road descends out of the tangled wood and begins winding its way through, through a more open evergreen forest, you can't seem to dodge the nagging suspicion that the target in the attack on, attack on the coach was you. Ugh. Well, you probably should have sent more than one slime then. Maybe you only had one. Who knows? The wide bands of ancient pines and towering spruces which constitute the vast evergreen wood gradually thin out, and the road you're following passes by a series of fenced meadows before finally dipping into the broad shallow vale wherein lies the village of Tufflestock. You gain your first 
glimpse of the village as the road climbs over the back of a stony wise. It's a sight that sends your heart racing. Tothelstock lies in ruin. Not a single building remains standing in the village. Tall heaps of rubble and splintered timbers line the road leading to the centre of the village, serving as a grim testament to the savage might of an enemy that has now all but erased the small settlement from the map. As you move along the road, drawing closer to the debris-choked village square, you encounter the first of the bodies. By the time you reached the square, you counted the corpses of over 30 villagers, men, women, children, victims of a horrific and brutal attack that few could hope to stand against. Many of the dead appear to have been in full flight when they were driven into the earth by a deadly stroke of a massive weapon. The twisted remains of the innocent citizens of Tothelsnock is a sight you will never forget. Some of the bodies closer to the centre of the village bear deep red gashes identical to the wounds you saw on the coach driver, leaving you to believe at least some of the slain met their end by the, by the tentacles of the beast you encountered en route to the village. Well, at least that won't be causing any more problems. As you fight to hold back your anger that wells up inside you, Fearing it may compromise your judgment. A loud rumble to the north shatters the silence, and a small series of small timbers tremors one through the ground beneath your feet. Somewhere, somewhat to your dismay, the source of the disturbance promptly stomps into view around a mountainous heap of rubble at the far end of the village square. A towering, moss-covered bog giant green-skinned, mossy giant, standing at least 15 feet tall. Strolls slowly into the square and uses his massive wooden club to knock down the half-standing remains of the stone chimney. The simple, destructive act seems to give the giant some degree of satisfaction. As he smiles while watching the chimney topple over in the wake of his blows, your eyes are drawn to the giant's hand upon the back of which are emblazoned an unmistakable and fear-inspiring symbol, the Oxian Tear. So, is the giant from Oxius, or is it just a regular bog giant that was, you know, just hanging in the swamps, maybe eating a person every few years? You know, a sort of not not a threat that could destroy an entire village. Something you probably should deal with. But the Andio just powered up and angered up by the by the nefarious magics of Ithion. We can't know. The bog giant halts and turns its moss-covered head in your direction. The lifeless gaze of its door black eyes fall upon you. The towering green Benamoth flumps the ground twice with this massive thorn-spiked wooden club and grumbles. One left, then, is it? Says as it begins stomping towards you. 
Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hunger's covered lips drawn back into a leering grin. As you steer yourself to engage your brutal foe, the giant suddenly stops and picks up an overturned wagon lying across his path. Without the slightest hint of strain, he hoists the wagon over his head and hurls it at you. Okay, I've got a few options here. Fortification, destruction, elementalism, or telekinesis. Or I could just hop out the way. Or maybe hop right through the wagon. Uh, telekinesis, because that just seems the most impressive. Succeeded. 16 XP to telekinesis. You call upon your power telekinesis and focus its energy on the soaring wagon. Only with tremendous effort, you're able to veer. Are you able to project enough telekinetic energy at the wagon to veer it off course? The, wa- the wagon smashes into the ground only a few feet to your right. The giant's angry roar just betrays his displeasure. Greetings! From our master, grins the giant as he stomps forward, swipes it with his massive thorn-spiked club. Right, got to get out of the way, picking a number. Bonus of 37, 20 from agility, 10 from body, 7 from luck, pick now. 137, spring out of the way, nimbly dodging what could have easily have been a fatal blow. The club just got under me, the head of... The Head of the giant's massive, massive thorny club smashes into the ground, leaving a sizable impression in, in the earth. As the bog giant withdraws his brutal weapon, you spring to your feet and assume a defensive stance. The bog giant grins wickedly as a glimmer of fire passes over his dull black eyes. He raises his weighty club into the air then slams the weapon into the ground at his feet. In response to this a- his action, the ground before the giant suddenly explodes as three massive, thorny gr- vines erupt from the earth. The mist is shower of dirt and spone- stone, extending from the end of each of the fine- vines is a broad, flat, green head of a fang serpent. You take a step back and watch with mounting horror the three vine serpents sliver swiftly towards you. The bog giant's cruel laughter fills the air as the first of his summoned minions reaches you. The thorny vine serpent. Begin combat. Kill it well. I'm going to use the power of elementalism. Elemental fury. Burn it. A howling ice storm descends upon the enemy. No, I didn't want ice. I wanted fire. The fire serpent hisses as it snaps its fawn field joins you. More fury! More ice? Oh, that's better. A raging crimson inferno takes form and swiftly envelops your foe for 9 damage. 
and and then the wind tears it to pieces. Oh, and also the elemental attack has momentarily stunned your foe. Not like that does it any good, or me any good, or means anything, because it's dead now. Six, 14 XP to elementalism. The second of the three vine serpents slivers forward and attacks, see, seeking to sink its thorny thangs into your flesh. Thorny vine serpent begin combat. More elemental fury. Howling ice storm. Waging crimson inferno. Deadly cyclone of stolen earth. Surges of though. Ice storm. And another cyclone finishes off. I'm only really doing it like this because I have so much Neville Reserve at 71. The third vine serpent surges forward and attacks, its powerful jaws snapping the air only inches from your head as thorny vine serpent begin combat. More elemental fury. We've got ice and wind and stone and wind and all that. It is dead. 30 XP to elementalism. The stone giant grins, exposing a fearsome line of broad, blood-stained teeth as he stomps towards you. Also, has he also been eating people? I mean, it does does seem in character. Raising his massive thorn club high above his head, the merciless destruction of, so of Tufflestock and his citizens serving as your inspiration, you are determined to put an end to this savage brute. Some bog giant, begin combat. Okay, watch. You're not just gonna get stabbed. You are going to face a Neville Energy Blast. All right, you're saying, although with the deadly blast of Neville Energy, 33 damage, the Bog Giant stripes with this massive Thorn Club, just going to keep blasting it. Blast, blast, blast. 34, 52 damage. It is slain. 39 experience to destruction. With a torrent of greenish blood spilling down its sizable corso. Torso, the bog giant staggers to the left and topples side sideways, striking the ground with a reverberating thud. You watch in amazement as the massive humanoid's body swiftly melts into a broad, pungent puddle of muck and moss. Hmm, does that mean moss giants are actually, rather than humans, made big and imbued with moss powers. They're just mossness, swampy, mossy, elementally forced, just crudely shaped into a human sh human form. Is that it? Or is this just some demony stuff? As you turn away from the unsettling sight, you spot something moving on the ground nearby. Weaving about on the ground only a few yards from where you stand is a small, tear-shaped shadow. Oh, wait, wait, wait a minute. Do these, these aren't just tattoos. They seek hosts and make them eviler and more powerful and angrier and let them fulfill the darkness in their own hearts. You cautiously approach the shadow and horrified by its appearance up close. It's the shape of an oxygen tear. The thane Poran showed you on the ancient scroll. 
the very sight of the dark, dancing, shadowy tear sends a chill through you. You realise you are gazing upon the mark of a demon. Okay, fateful decision. Inexplicably, you feel your destiny may in some way be linked to the choice you're about to make. It means this will have some effect at some point in the future, even though these have never really been implemented. So reach down and take the obviously evil weaving mark, or leave the mark where it is. I mean, we already know it's there. We already know it's evil. We already know who sent it. We don't really need to keep it. Leave the mark where it is. Just leave it. You ignore the shit. Mate, I think if it gets me, it might just go, King, be evil now. Ha ha ha. Ignore the shadowy mark. And after only a few moments, it vanishes. Leaving no trace of itself on the ground. It's probably searching for some random worms that make all big and evil. Without further delay, you turn your attention to the ruins of Tufflestock. From where you stand, your eyes scan the scene of destruction. Anger wells up within you as you slowly begin to pick your way through the piles of rubble and debris that only a few short hours ago were the homes and buildings that made up the centre of Tufflestock. As you pass by a particularly steep pile of stone and timber, the unmistakable sound of a child sobbing reaches your ears. Without a second thought, you reach around the corner of the mountain of debris and find yourself facing five small children. One child, dark-haired boy, perhaps five or six years of age, sits on the ground, sobbing uncontrollably, as the others bend over him need to lend him what comfort they can. As you approach, the children begin to turn and slowly back away. It takes several moments for you to convince the children you mean them no harm. You know, the whole toad thing. It's, it's, it takes... It, you have to explain it all a lot of times, but, you know, we, we've all figured it out. And it's surprising... Surprising turn of events, all of them rush forward and begin to pet me, each of them breaking down as they lean against you to keep from falling to the ground. Oh, wait, no, they can't do that, I'm not big enough. Well, oh my gosh, mind myself, here we go. For the second part of, for the better part of five minutes, you do nothing to listen to the sobs as you try to allay their fears. When a couple of the older children seem have somewhat regained their composure, they seem eager to talk, and you are only too willing to hear what they have to tell you. You listen as the children cheerfully tell you tell you how they hid in the cellar of a house just as the giant began its attack on Tufflestock. Three boys and two girls, none of them older than ten, were understandably shaken by their recent ordeal. I think, if I hadn't got here in time, I think the giant would have got to them eventually. Just because it's destroying everything. It probably smelled them or something. And even not even if it didn't. They'd have to get out at some point. Because you're going to go to eat and stuff. After confronting them as best as you can. You move them a safe distance from the village. Before return. Wait a minute. 
Is there a safe distance for the village? Because, yeah. Oh, I, I'm, 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 well, yeah. Sir Crokington has the, has the skill of, is a master woodsman. So, or woodswoman in this case, or woods toad. So, uh, presumably, she knows the places that are safe. Final search for survivors. Despite maintaining a faint glimmer of hope, your search proves to be in vain. All you discover throughout the village are the bodies of those citizens of Tufflestock, unfortunate enough to have found themselves in the path of the bog giant. Near the northern edge of the village, you find the body of a chain-clad man, whose lifeless hand is still wrapped around the hilt of a long sword. Did he perhaps draw the giant's attention just long enough for the children to hide? Probably. Probably. The blue man's blue tabard bears the embroisoned insignia of Thane Porrind. It is Pruitt, the former border ranger sent here by the Thane. Convinced that there are no other survivors, you turn where the five children are waiting and set out for what will seemingly be a long and arduous trek back to Triffic. Especially since we don't even have a wagon anymore. But we'll probably be able to find one in a village on the way. the outskirts of the village, at the edge of the forest, you discover a wagon drawn by two stout horses. Oh, well, that's convenient. The reason that the ho- you reason that the horses must have bolted you in the attack on Tufflestock, but without joining the obvious, you load the children into it and climb onto the sagging wooden bench. Well, mostly the children load themselves, taking firm hold of the worn reins. Only a couple of hours later, as afternoons begin to drift, drift towards dusk, you roll into Trithic towards the wickety wagon, with your five new charges peering out over the cracked timbers of the buckboard. Without hesitation, you head for the eastern se- sector of the city and straight for the gates of Trind Keep. The guards at the gate gates gate immediately recognize you and the heavy iron barrier swings open to allow you to wide up to the main tower wherein lies the residence of the thane more than once keep servants wash up to you and offer to take the children but refuse to relinquish them and instead proceed up to the thane's private chamber where all with all five of the bewildered refugees following at your heels that's what a day for those children. So firstly, everyone you've ever knew has been killed. And now you're being rushed into... Rushed into the chambers of the Thane. Uh, well, you have no idea what's going to happen. You're within ten paces of the chamber when the heavy open door opens... And the commanding voice of Thane Porrind beckons you to enter. Thane Porrind seems at first puzzled by the appearance of the children, but after looking at them for a few moments, his demeanour shifts from one of puzzlement to one of fatherly compassion. He crouches down in front of the five children, asking them his names, as he gently places his hand on each of their heads in turn. He rises and summons his servants, and within moments, two women and 
and the man appeared in the chamber and bowed before both you and the thane. He tells them to take the children and prepare a comfortable room for them, and, uh, and to remain under his guard as guests. I'll see if we discover. I'll see that we discover, if possible, the fate of their kin. He says, turn grave, when the children have gone. If matters are as I fear, based merely upon your arrival with you, now I shall see to it they are taken into the care and custody of a dear friend of mine. Brother Adrock of Lyrock Monastery. That, however, is a matter for tomorrow or beyond. Following the departure of the children, you treat the Thane to a thorough account of your adventure in Tufflestock, beginning with the tentacled beast and the death of the coachman, and ending with the slaying of the marked bog giant. Trithick's overlord sits in a high-backed wooden chair before the fire, his head bows bowed as he listens to your narrative of the horrific series of events. When you finish your account, Thane Poren sighs and rests his chin on his fist. Ferd was a good man, he says, responding to your mention of having found the body of the border wager. I'm certain he thought to the end against the beast. Make him smile to know the return here of the children. Though let us hope we shall yet discover more survivors. Thane Poren suddenly rises and calls for one his servant. A young man arrives and bows to both you and the Thane, and is promptly instructed to fetch the, ma- fetch the Master of Arms. He again bows and swiftly departs. Out of a hundred men in what remains of Trufflestock within three hours, says Thane Poren. Perhaps there are others hiding in the rubble? And any who fled might well return. I can't very well rebuild the village overnight. Very least we can begin to bury the dead. I can, however, show you that anyone with wrecky designs upon that place, or any other nearby villages, will find their foul plans met with force. The Thane again commends you for your bravery, and on the success of your mission. As you're speaking, you certainly feel as if for some reason he's studying you closely. Before you can validate your suspicions, he's so- suddenly turns away. Thane Poland walks over to the narrow window, window at the far west end of the chamber and gazes out of the city below. To nearly a minute silence, the overlord turns and sighs. I wonder just what those children saw in that village, he says grimly. Their eyes are far too young and bright for the horror that might have crossed them there. And now, they find themselves cast out into the gale, defending for themselves long before such a time should ever arrive. I don't personally see to it they are... Thane pauses and slowly shakes his head, and strides back across the chamber, placing his broad, steady hand on the on the shoulder. The age is upon us, my friend. You are certain in no need of such a reminder, he says. His daily gaze meets your own. I say it, day certainly the first of the fabled tears has fallen. So go to, but what are we to do? How can we hope to an outmaneuver and combat an enemy that simply appears at will and without warning? And leaves us washing defenders already fallen. You meet Thane Porring in the shoulder cross, and remind the gold, golden bearded warrior that fear and despair 
among the most powerful weapons wielded by the demon and his agent. He smiled. How quickly one can forget such things, he says, nodding in response. Still, there is much to fear. Even should such sediment draw his claws ever closer round our throats. Ours is not the common struggle, Sir Crokington. The farmers, warrior of wain and harvest, the merchant of marks and prices. The people of this city are not unlike those of any in any corner of these wide realms. They think nothing of demon and magic and the fulfilment of ancient prophecies. It is life itself that serves them them and us with fear. For so often it's a common struggle is as much as anyone can hope to bear. The Thane returns to the fire window and leads out the fading light of day. That leaves us, Sir Crokington, says without turning around. It's the men and women like us who will write the history of this age, or at least begin it. Where it goes with our passing is not for us to say, I suppose, but we should very much like to think. Thane Pond pauses, turns away from the window and sighs. Well, that's about enough of that, he says, smirking. You needn't be so polite, Sir Crokington, and suffer through my prattling. The hour is late, and I shouldn't keep you for a moment longer from your own affairs. Once again, you are owed a debt of gratitude, dear friend. To with age, you'll have to wait for public accolades. This is a matter that must, for now, remain known to few. You bid, you bid farewell to the Thane and make your way out of his chamber. As you step out of the corridor, Thane Pollen's voice comes after you. It's very nearly dusk, Sir Crokington. I called out in jest. I wouldn't tarry if I were you. After all, there's a curfew over the city. And that ends this adventure with 384 experience to general. Visit your residence. Pay a visit. Is there anything more going on? Hmm. Hmm. I think I think I've got to do some more stuff before some more fame Poland missions unlock. Let's just see what they are. Alright, I've checked, and to get any further with the tasks for the Thane, I first have to complete Proving Grounds 1, which I've put off for a while, because it has it has a very difficult check in it, and I want to have a level 70 power to do it. Oh well. So, that means, what, oh, what shall I do next? Well, also in eastern, also in eastern part of Trithic, I noticed a dilapidated building with a silver door. Now oh, there was, well, I guess in the next episode we'll find out just who or what is beyond that door. Oh, I feel it will lead to quite a few adventures, but until then. Farewell, fellow adventurers. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. 
Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.